0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Kinda Opinionated Podcast. If you didn't know, I'm your host, Luke Sharon, and I'm Kinda Opinionated. Today we have a very special guest, Mr. Robert Norris. He's currently running for Kootenai County Sheriff, um, and right now this this will be the final episode of the Sheriff series, unless another one comes in, um, which I don't think can happen, right?
1: Yes, it can happen up until, I believe, March 13th is the filing deadline.
0: So, well, thank you for being on my podcast today.
1: Thank you for having me, Luke.
0: Um, how's your day going? It's
1: going great. Thank you.
0: That's good to hear. Well, today we're going to be talking about a couple topics, which I think are very relevant in our communities right now, if that's okay with you. Sure. Um, before we get started, there's a, uh, there's something big coming on Monday. The announcement will be posted, will be posted on my Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash the kind of podcast. Thank you. Uh, let's get started. Um, The first topic uh, will be, this race has seemed to have gone a little bit more feisty the last couple of weeks. People secretly recording others, sharing documents that could be fake and fear-mongering. Do you have any comments to make about those?
1: Well, I haven't noticed, Luke, but um, our campaign is going really, really good. We recently earned the endorsement of the Northern Lakes Firefighters Association, so we're very, very happy to have the support of the men and women of the Northern Lakes Fire Department.
0: So if so, you haven't heard any of the um, people secretly recording others or share, sharing fake documents. You know about that, right?
1: Yeah, I've, I've heard of that. And uh, certainly we're very, very—our um, fingers are close on the pulse on that. But we have our eye on outreaching to the public, meeting the community. And uh, quite honestly, I think that community safety is— too big of a factor to play politics with, so
0: yeah. So you're um, you're currently uh, tell me if I'm wrong, but haven't you done a couple or maybe just one of the uh, coronavirus uh, town hall? I did.
1: Right? Yes, I did uh, a town hall in the city of Coeur d'Alene.
0: So um, to address on that, isn't why why is the coronavirus an issue in uh, in Coeur d'Alene or uh, even in Cunha County because we haven't had one confirmed case yet.
1: Well, I started monitoring the situation about uh, 45 days ago, Mm -hmm. and I was a consequence consequence manager or a disaster manager in my previous career. So about 45 days ago, started monitoring the situation that was occurring in China. Started becoming a little more concerned when it started to hit Korea and some other countries. And then we saw some infection rates go from 200 to 500 to 600 in just a matter of a day or two. So it was an area of concern of mine. And then I reached out to some fusion centers and they said, you know, it's also an area that they're they're monitoring. And during my forums with the public, I was talking to them and they were very concerned with it. So it was a concern that I was receiving every part here in cooney county what's your what's,
0: what's your demographic for the or like what did it look like when you had those town halls what what age group of people were coming
1: most mostly in the 50 to to 75 range was the people that were real concerned i think the the younger demographics were just you know trying to pick up their kids from school and getting them to baseball practice and gymnastics and what have you and so yeah um, I think that they're just a little bit less concerned um, because they're trying to make the mortgage and pay the rent and and all that stuff but it's an area that the panhandle health the sheriff's office could be doing a better job in to being able to outreach to the community to say hey we're on top of this we've got contingency plans in place for any type of of an event, whether it's a mild event to a catastrophic event, and they should be out in front of the ball, calming nerves.
0: Should this be an issue that the um, that the current sheriff should address? And if so, why is this why is this an issue for sheriff for the sheriff's of Kootenai County?
1: Well, if I was the sheriff of Kootenai County today, mm-hmm. we would be holding a, a series of these town hall meetings because part of a sheriff's job is to make the people feel safe. Obviously to make them safe and to prevent crime is a big function but also you want to make people feel safe and there was a lot of fear that was going on and making sure that you're connected to the community, connected to the public, to listen to what's important to them and right now what's important to them was this 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 virus situation. So. I would have a representative from different disciplines such as the Health Department, Cooney County Medical, our Emergency Operations Center, and an individual from the Sheriff's Office. And we would have a series of t- these town hall meetings, invite the public to say, hey, here's the situation, we're monitoring it, we're on top of it, and we can handle everything that comes our way to make the people feel secure. And obviously, when I had that forum in Coeur I wanted people to walk away with three things and that's to be calm be informed and be prepared that's what I wanted them to walk away with
0: Mm -hmm. so if if there wasn't that many young people going to these uh, conference uh, why no actually I was gonna say something but then I realized it didn't make much sense never mind okay Moving on, why do you want to be county sheriff?
1: Well, there are, there are several reasons why I want to be county sheriff. And um, a lot of them have to do with I think that the sheriff's department can do a better job reaching out to the community. Mm-hmm. And I believe that these town hall meetings that I talked about with the coronavirus is something that's going to be a constant mainstay in my administration. And I want to know what the concerns and issues are within this county because the issues and concerns in Micah Bay are different from Hayden, and I want our deputies that are on the street to know what the issues and concerns are through every part of this county. So that's how I'm going to stay connected to this county, and I want to be the sheriff because I want to address those concerns everywhere here in the county. For an example, I think that we can do a better job over here at the Kootenai County Jail. Uh I think it's time to incorporate a community safety plan that secures the safety of the students at the high school at the senior citizen center and the residential community there by incorporating this community safety plan into a major incident policy or an inmate escape plan.
0: So so you're saying that we need to have more protection over the jails in case something like a event like of if a inmate escapes.
1: Sure, sure. And also I think it's time because of our growth I'd like to have a town hall meeting bring people in and introduce a town sheriff program because this is not a county of 40,000 people anymore. So we're passing 160 and we're going to be at 180 real quick. And before long, we're going to be at 200. So a town sheriff program is actually a really, really good program. It, the town sheriff works two ways. Mm -hmm. The town sheriff has a vested interest in the community and the community members identify as their town sheriff. Like, Hey, you know what? That's our town sheriff. He's, he's got our best interest at heart all the time and I think it's the, the growth that we've had I think it's time that we should consider a town sheriff program
0: so what do you so you're saying that we should have sheriffs for each town
1: well a sheriff is when I say town sheriff it could be just a deputy that works out in the field yeah but that's a town sheriff and he or she coordinates all of these activities um, in their community through the town sheriff. Mm-hmm. So if there's a neighborly disturbance that's going to take, you know, two or three visits, then that goes through the town sheriff. If there's a house that is always a constant problem with all the other neighbors, and whatever the issue is, what maybe it's selling drugs, just for the purpose of this conversation. Yeah. So this town sheriff makes sure that they contact the, the drug unit to make sure that they do the necessary surveillances over there to make sure that the concerns of the community are addressed. And these are things that Regular patrol deputies just don't have the time to do, um, but town sheriffs actually is a great program that has been able to to feel real connected to the community and resolve those longer I issues. See.
0: Thank you for your answer. That answer. I th- think that was a pretty good answer. Um, in comparison to the other candidates, what sets you apart um, from the other candidates running to become sheriff, and why should people vote for you uh, and not for the other?
1: Well... I am the only candidate that has worked, supervised, and managed assets in two of the major functions over here at the Sheriff's Office, and that's patrol and in the jail. No other candidate can say that. And the men and women of the Sheriff's Office have also recognized that. I, a couple of months ago, received their endorsement. So I'm the endorsed Sheriff's Candidate from the Kootenai County Deputy Sheriff's Association.
0: Uh So what... And I understand that uh, yes the um, the work part of your life does make a does have a big impact on a lot of the uh, decisions you make and why people should vote for you but besides your work stuff, what other stuff have you have you accomplished?
1: Part of those experiences and part of that training has to do with something that I hope never happens here but you know what? I've been up here when we've had some pretty significant fires and smoke, uh-huh. and we've been pretty lucky up until now. It's kind of hit the outlying areas. I hope it doesn't hit anywhere close, but I have a lot of experience in emergency management planning um, and responding to fires, um, and that's a, a, a concern of ours. Yeah. And that, to give you an example, that that's an experience that I bring here because of my previous career we had to deal with a lot of fires yeah. a lot of wildland fires
0: yeah for sure um what would you say the county sheriff position entails and what would you be doing if you were the county sheriff
1: well the county sheriff is the principal law enforcement officer in the county uh-huh. and he or she has to ensure that all residents in the county are safe and part of that re- responsibility is making sure their rights are protected and look what's happening right now in virginia That there's lawmakers that want to restrict and infringe on the Second Amendment right. And the problem with that is that I come from a community that has restricted guns. And what that does is it criminalizes the law-abiding person, and it decriminalizes the bad guy. So I am a uh, staunch supporter of the Second Amendment. yeah, And that's an important role here in Kootenai County.
0: What way did they... um what way did they uh, limit?
1: Well, they, they started with magazine capacities, and then they went from there to waiting periods, and then from waiting periods they went to... Now, full-blown, full-time police officers can't even go and buy ammunition because their address on their identification card doesn't match the address the Department of Justice has. And it has to do with the restriction and restricting of the Second Amendment. It has nothing to do with making sure that all the processes, is, as far as your, your address is correct, and it really has to do with the infringement of the Second Amendment right.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for your answer. Um, why should people and even teenagers who are good citizens and law-abiding be interested in the sheriff election?
1: Because we need good men and women to grow up to be deputy sheriffs. And— um, isn't that what you want to be?
0: A deputy sheriff? I mean, <laughs> I don't
1: know. Well, you know, I think there's there's several reasons why. And uh, I think that one of those reasons is that um, we are the protectors of the community. And we want to have a strong relationship with that community. And that relationship starts young. It doesn't start when you're 30 or 40. Um, it starts uh, at a young age. And uh, we want to have that fostering of that relationship at a young age and we want the young people to know that you shouldn't fear the police yeah that the a deputy sheriff a police officer is there to, to help you and you should never fear them
0: yeah um, thank you for your answer wait before we go on to the next one um, if you don't break the law and and you said that people don't want you don't want people to be afraid of uh, police o- officers Um, how, as sheriff, as in this hypothetical situation, if you were to become the the next sheriff of Kootenai County, Mm -hmm. which you're hoping to become, um, what would you, how would you try to start doing that with making people less scared, not less scared, but less standoffish about Mm -hmm. police?
1: Well, I think that I want to raise the profile of this sheriff's office and I want to outreach the community. I want to have programs for at-risk youth. I want to have our uh, deputies that know which programs where they can send individuals that they can have a contact with on a daily basis to whatever services that they need. And that has to do with the whole family also. Yeah. If there's a family member that the identif- that the deputy identifies that might have a substance abuse problem, we want to be able to have that information to that deputy to be able to provide that. and. Those programs for at-risk youth, I'm a real big fan of those. Yeah, I've uh, implemented them before and didn't use any taxpayer money, and it really does help the incar- incarceration rates with that that age group. It S- significantly lowers them.
0: Um, moving on to our next question, it kind of transitions into uh, that with the at-risk youth, a question that seems to be very, very consistently relevant in. Uh, is suicide in 2019? Idaho was the fifth highest suicide rate, 58 percent higher than the national average. Um, do you think there's a direct answer to why Idaho's rate is so high, and why is it so why is it so high around here?
1: I don't think there's one direct component that you can point to to say, "Hey, I think it's a multi-component issue." I think that um, there's several factors you have to consider, such as. Um, Substance abuse within the family, social media, um, maybe the way that we're raising our kids now, possibly maybe the way that our school system is. Um, I think that uh, it's a multi-component question. I don't think that even the experts can put on their, their finger on exactly what the problem is.
0: Why is it so high around here? Because we live, I mean, we live in this area, and I mean, it's pretty... It's, yeah, I, mean, I I. don't see why it's so high. Like, why, in your opinion, why do you think it's so high around here, even if it's multiple different things? Right. In your opinion, why do you think it's so high?
1: You know what? I would have to allude to what I said. That's the reason why I think it's high. I think it's high because everything that I've said, I think that uh, there is a pretty large substance abuse problem here, and uh, whether it's alcohol or drugs, it, it is pretty high.
0: In Kootenai County?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah.
0: It, but in other counties there are substance abuse oh, and, sure. there, and there oh, are absolutely. social media so oh, why, why are these six year, oh, not 6 year olds that's a little young but why are these 11 year olds committing suicide
1: well I think that when we allude to the um, to the rate here I think it's Idaho as a state is high and so that's I'm generalizing not only in Cooney County but all the counties in, in Idaho mm-hmm. you know us as a state it's too high. Yeah. And I think those are the contributing factors. You know, I went to, um, I go to church at Real Life, uh-huh. and um, our pastor over there is a real big fan of programs for at-risk youth. Yeah. And he believes that um, the sooner that you catch these and identify some of these, these problems, the better chance that that young man or young woman has at having a, a, a sober life and a more... happier life and uh, you know he just they just built this huge gymnasium over there and they have a lot of programs for at-risk youth and there's a lot of churches that do that but programs for at-risk youth is really where we can really make an impact on somebody as they grow into adulthood
0: yeah well thank you for your answer um what do you think the biggest issue in our community is
1: without a doubt The biggest issue in our community is this aggressive growth in fact here's what i state now is that we will have a significantly lower quality of life in the next five years and the number one issue is aggressive growth absolutely without a doubt because with that growth we're going to have a degree of criminal element that comes with that growth
0: so what happens so you're saying that what do you mean aggressive growth of population not just uh, do you mean like aggressive as, in, as you mean fast like there's so many people moving here or do you mean uh, popular growth uh, just in general Because we're seeing uh, over I believe the last time I checked from the US Census Bureau it was 2.34 percent every single year
1: right and I think that Kootenai uh, I believe that Kootenay County is either one two or three in growth percentage-wise in the United States. So what really concerns me is not necessarily the single-family residence that are build, that we're building mm-hmm. or that's being built, but what's really concerning to me are the multi-family unit or apartment buildings that are going up. Why? Um, because generally what my experience has been is that the apartment complexes, these multi-family unit dwellings, will have a higher percentage of probationers, parolees, and they'll generally have a higher call for service from both the fire department and law enforcement agencies. And those are going to be hidden taxes that we all have to pay because of these multifamily unit dwellings. Now, I understand that we have to have some workforce housing, Mm -hmm. and I'm absolutely 100% behind that. However, I think that we're tipping the balance between the what's healthy right now and what's healthy within our five-year plan. I think that uh, we should just consider having a conversation about slowing it a little bit.
0: So what if, say I move here from um, Nevada. I don't know. I'm just throwing out a state. Say I move here from Nevada, um, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to buy a house. Oh, no, I don't have enough money to buy a house. Okay, let me just buy an apartment. Complex or what? Not whatever. Rent rent an apartment. Yeah, rent an apartment. Is that because I know there's a lot of people doing that? Even people who live here, they're they're they can't afford a house, so they move to sure. They move to an apartment. It. Why is the apartment an issue and not uh, not other not other neighborhoods?
1: Well, because my experience has been generally with the lower income apartment complex Uh generally is where we're going to see more calls for service and that's where those hidden taxes come in because i've actually known city managers that have put in their redevelopment plan and have purchased 15 apartment complexes and said you know what we're these apartment complexes are costing us so much money yeah that he purchased them put them in a redevelopment plan and then he had a, another development come in afterwards, and he saves three hundred thousand dollars a year, just because he doesn't have to consume that in law enforcement services over there.
0: How much? What kind of taxes are taxpayers and normal citizens paying?
1: Well, these are what we call hidden taxes, and these hidden taxes are things that are that you really you can't see, uh-huh. but we're all paying for them. So let's say. Let's, hypothetically, Okay. sheriff comes and he says, hey, you know what, our jail's full and we need to add onto our jail and put on another 100-bed wing. Well, why do you need to do that? Well, because our population has exploded to 225,000 now. Uh-huh. And let's just say of this 225,000, let's say 20,000 of it as a result of these multifamily unit dwellings. So the multifamily unit dwellings In essence are a hidden tax that everybody here in cooney county has to pay because of more jail space that we need does that make sense
0: yeah well thank you for your answer this is um also another topic which uh you were talking about um in the beginning about virginia and that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. uh recent studies show that human well let me first preface this by saying that um as as you know i'm assuming uh We've seen not here, but we have seen a lot of school shootings. Mm-hmm. Um, most notably, uh, Texas. There, well, not that wasn't a mm-hmm. school shooting, but that was that was a shooting in all. Or, parts,
1: or so. any active shooter or, situation. Just in general.
0: Sure. Um, recent studies show that a human brain stops developing between the ages of twenty-three and thirty-five. In Idaho, you can own a gun at eighteen. Is this appropriate age to own an assault weapon, in your opinion? And if if it is, do you think that precautions such as—because uh, if you go into to get a gun, they will put you through the FBI thing, um, which that takes around 121 seconds, I think. Uh, but that was—that isn't very proficient. So do you think there should be more precautions we should be taking?
1: Well, I think that um, I don't see a problem here in Kootenai County with 18-year-olds— owning a rifle or, mm-hmm. an assault, or an assault weapon, as, uh, as it says here. So I, I don't really see it as a problem. Um, so I, I would not put any restrictions on on that.
0: So say there was, an, because there was a shooting in Coeur d'Alene, um, 4th of July of last year, there was mm-hmm. a shooting.
1: Yep, Mr. Rambo. Uh,
0: yeah, and so is that not a, it should have, should how we should have had? Do you think there should have been more precautions in his well, thing? Un- unfortu-
1: like- unfortunately, from what I know of that case, I believe that he was a felon already, so he shouldn't have had that gun. Mm-hmm. So where he obtained it from, whether it was stolen or whether it was given to him, so he was what he would what we call he would be what we called an ex felon with a gun. So he should not have had possession of that gun.
0: So, so maybe that's a bad example. Say there was a, mm-hmm. say there was a shooting. Do you think that in the case of there being an active shooting shooter case or a sh- just a sh- school shooting, do you think that you would consider to have per- more precautions in Cootin County?
1: No, I, I think that 18, and uh, I think that's what the law states, and I think that's um, that's. I think we're we're good with that.
0: Thank yeah. you for your answer. Okay, so this this question, okay, this question, if you don't answer this correctly, okay, this will lose every single one of your voters. They'll be out of, they'll be out, they'll be completely gone. If you win, they'll leave. Bring
1: okay. it. I'm ready for it. Okay. Bring it. Bring it, Luke.
0: What's your favorite type of pizza? Do you think pineapple belongs on pizza?
1: Well, my favorite type of pizza would be a pizza with everything on it. Kay. Except pineapple, oh. because pineapple, Luke, stay with me here. Okay, I, pineapple is a fraud on the American public. Oh no, on your pizza, it's just it's something that uh, you know what it, it it belongs in a fruit drink. It doesn't belong on your
0: pizza. I, I have you ever had Hawaiian pizza?
1: Unfortunately, I've tried it, and it is a oh. fraud on the American public. Now I have a question for mm. you. Mm. Okay, I have a question for you. When it comes to cakes or cupcakes, okay, are you a buttercream or whipped cream?
0: Uh, well, buttercream on cakes, but I mean whipped cream on ice cream.
1: Who puts whipped cream on ice cream?
0: Have you never had an ice cream sundae? Well, Where was your childhood? Well, of course I have.
1: So you're a buttercream fan?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, on on cakes. Okay. Well, then you know what. There might be a
1: future in radio for you then because that's the correct correct answer.
0: Well, I mean, I'm glad I have a future in radio, um, but you don't have a future in being the Kootenai County Sheriff because you don't like pineapple.
1: Well, I guess the voters will have to have that (laughs) last say. We'll find out on May the 19th, won't
0: (laughs) we? We'll have to find out. Okay, well, thank you for being on my podcast today. I really appreciate it. A lot of the times when I send people uh, emails or I call them, they're like, yeah, yeah, Mom, I'll be on your podcast. You just, just let me know. Yeah, it doesn't happen.
1: Well, it was a pleasure. I was um, very happy to be here.
0: Well, thank you for being on my podca- podcast today, um, and to the people listening wherever you are, please tune in next weekish and listen to another podcast that I'll put out eventually. And remember, uh, this is the last sheriff. Um, sheriff episode unless another sheriff person comes in and there is going to be a big announcement coming on monday on my facebook page www.facebook.com slash the kind of podcast it will also be in the link in the description okay thank you until next time goodbye